Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Penny Bloom Podcast. What's good? It is I, Colton Robertson, joined by none other than the magnificent Tavares Pennington. Oh, thank you. Of course, of course. It's just your introduction now. Yeah. At this yeah, point, I yeah. say it every time. Yeah. I figured, you know, get into it's, a rhythm. It's, it's you say like, the same you know, thing. Now, now there are worse things to be known as than the magnificent. Hey, there, there, there definitely are, and you know, it's like there's those positive affirmations. You know, just yeah. you know, every time we record a podcast, you're like, just like, we go Man, again. I'm a little happier. <laughs> And, you know, we're all magnificent in that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got a good show ahead today. Uh, I know last week I said we were going to watch Snowpiercer this week. I lied. We're not watching Snowpiercer. Well, we uh, we did watch it. We're just not recording on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but... Also, if you follow us on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod, you would have learned this information. I tweet, I tweet what movie we're going to be reviewing the week before. There you go. So you can watch it, and then we can talk about it. Bada bing, bada boom. So follow us on Twitter at Penny Bloom Pod. Uh, today we are going to be talking Batman and Robin to begin our Batman binge. We'll be watching a bunch of Batman movies. Yeah, because we decided why not. Yeah, you know, we that's both how we lo- make most decisions. We both grew, we both grew up loving some Batman. We figured, why the fuck? Why not? Why not? Why not? So we're gonna watch a bunch of Batman movies this week. It is Batman and Robin from 1997, starring George Clooney and Chris O'Donnell. Yes, solid film. Solid film. Yeah, You'll see our review later. Film. Um, then after that. It's been a while, so we're going to go over our top 10 favorite movies. This is an ever-changing category for me and Tavares alike. We never we, we revisited our lists from months ago, and we were like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. like, those are great movies, are, obviously. Were... Some of my favorites of all time, but the are they the 10? <laughs> are they the 10? Yeah, no. So, so we changed them up a little bit. We added a few movies here and there, and we, we see what's up. We see what's up. Uh, and then we'll top it off with... The next episode of The Umbrella Academy. I'm going to do an episode review, breakdown, all of the above. All of the what above. What will that be? Season 2, episode 5? Yeah, I think that's where we were. That's what it looked like. All right. 5 or 6. No, 5. It's 5. It's 5. Yeah. Season 2, episode 5, The Umbrella Academy. All right. Should we roll that new tape, that new, that new theme song? I think we should. It's kind of nice. I dig it. <laughs> Enjoy. Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcats. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. So for today's part of the Batman binge, we watched Batman and Robin, a 1997 <laughs> classic. Yes, it's uh, it was something. Yeah, I loved this movie it was, when I was a child. When I was a kid, this was always just like the peak for Batman until, of course, Christian Bale came along. But I was just like, you know, that Batman, I it just left a good impression on me. Oh, I had it on VHS. Whenever I, th- uh, me too. Whenever I think back to Batman from my childhood, yeah. the uh, the live action version of Batman, I always remember yeah. is George Clooney's. Yeah, 
And, um, and and Mr. Freeze is Arnold Schwarzenegger, and nobody questioned it. And Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy. Those are all strong characters yeah, right there. Yeah. I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze was probably the corniest superhero yeah. villain of Honestly, all time. Honestly, Arnold Schwarzenegger has such an interesting career because he's never, to me, been that great at acting. Oh, no, and but he, he never was. But he pulls some huge-ass roles. And Yeah, and I mean, that's just kind of what he does. There, there were parts in this where you know there were supposed to be laughs from what Schwarzenegger was saying. Yeah. But then, like, the, it's 1997. When it came to comedy and Schwarzenegger, it was more like people were laughing at the way he talks. Yeah, yeah, and that's right. kind of sad. Like right. that just that just upsets me. And now it doesn't hit the same <laughs> in 2020. I don't think. Yeah, no. as it's supposed to. Uh, wasn't like wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? like the governor of California or something for a time? Yeah, I forgot about that entirely. The fucking governor. The governor of California. That is wild. Like, duh. <laughs> what, what kind of career is that? Like, oh yeah, I did weightlifting for a while. I was the I was an actor. I was the Hulk. I was a uh, uh, Terminator. I, I did, yeah, I was the Terminator. I was oh, oh I was the governor of California. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then I was Iceman. Then I replaced Donald Trump <laughs> on that uh, on that reality TV show about being the boss of people. Oh my God, he did. God, what a career! What a career! Man, Quite the guy. Quite the guy. But yeah, one of my favorite things about these different versions of Batman movies are the different versions of the characters mm-hmm. themselves. And uh, one of the characters that we're most familiar with, obviously, Batman. Uh, compared to some of the other Batmans, how do you feel about George Clooney? Uh, I mean, dude's just slick as hell. Like, you can't not want to be that man. And, like, that's perfect for any Batman character. Oh, my goodness. While we were watching it, I was like, this man's just too... He's too Bruce he's Wayne. just too you know? fucking Bruce Wayne. And, like... Maybe not Bruce Wayne enough in that he he's almost too too slick. Yeah, like, he's, like, he's, yeah. Like, he's too fucking cool, and he almost seemed not emotionally closed off enough uh-huh. to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, but I mean, this wasn't the point of that movie. <laughs> it it was more to be like Bruce Wayne's just cool as hell. Yeah, right. <laughs> you go, you gonna see. You gonna see. You gonna see. And I love I love George Clooney in this role. Uh-huh. When he was talking, he, he had the perfect Batman and Bruce oh, Wayne yeah. voice. He did, and he's just like so smooth. And you're like, man, that guy is fucking rich. Oh he's got, yeah, he's got to. You got to be money. rich to be that he's cool. He's got to have money. <laughs> you just ha- and had to have had money your entire fucking life. It's absurd that that man's about to turn sixty. Sixty. George Clooney's about to turn sixty. Gosh. Man looks not a day over 42. No, not a day. Not a day. Not a day. I remember when he turned 50, honestly, about 10 years ago, and I was like, 50? 50? <laughs> Are you for real? <laughs> like, 50? Really? And there's always now, one of those every once in a while. You're yeah. like, wait a minute. What's even crazier is now, like, it's probably one of the first few people who I can, like, celebrities who I'm like, damn. I remember 10 years ago <laughs> when they turned Crazy, 50, right? and now they're about to turn 60, and I'm like, wait a second. Wait a minute. Time's moving. <laughs> uh, another one of the uh, characters that we are wildly familiar with in the Batman universe is Robin. Yes. How do you dig uh, Chris O'Donnell's version of Robin in this movie? I mean, you know, he was a little annoying at times, but <laughs> I guess that was kind of the point of the, His the point plot. Of the, I mean, he, he kept getting under the spell of Ivy's um, yeah. love pheromones. Yeah, and I was just like, dude, you got to give it up, man. You, <laughs> you, you got to. And you my gotta. favorite part of the movie was when... when Batman was laying it out for him. He was like, he was like "All right, man, you know what she's doing. She is, yeah. She's doing something that is pitting us against her, fighting for her, and yeah. I don't even get it. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why, but I really, I love her. I, I, yeah, no, I want her. And he's just like, "Don't you get it?" And he's just like, "Yeah, I get it." She doesn't like, fucking yeah, love I get you. It. She wants me, not you. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, dude, Robin, you're like, shut oh, the fuck God. up. 
<laughs> I swear. But like in general, like that's kind of just like the mark of this movie is that it's almost hilariously corny while still being like a legitimate Batman movie. But that's kind of a, 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 I guess a dynamic that they have to have for a comic book movie, right? Especially made in the nineties. And especially Batman and Robin. I don't know yeah. why, but when it lends itself to a more like boom, pow, splat type yeah. of feel, you know? Right, that's right. Like, it, that's, it, that's, that's what they've come from historically, like the original Batman movies and stuff. Like yeah. the, those things are fucking. I remember I had one of them. Uh, so did I. Yeah, and we I we probably had the same one. Yeah, and it was all just, I remember about it is a boat. A boat. Yes, <laughs> yes that's all I remember about it. <laughs> and the shark when it yes. <laughs> and he just like kicks it out. Or no, it's on. I don't remember where it is, but it bites him, and he's just like fighting the shark while it's biting him. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and it, it had the, like the spinning bat symbol, and like oddly enough probably a classic <laughs> i no, i definitely watch it again and yeah it's, and it's because of the character it's because of the characters obviously yeah. and no matter what these batman movies are gonna hold some special place in yeah, my heart because no. they were created for people who like batman exactly <laughs> and i love batman <laughs> so i'm gonna watch the shit out of these movies yeah no that's a it seems that their their trend uh with making batman movies was just to kind of be like how can we make this as cool as possible and as funny as possible and have everyone love it? And yeah. it turns out with a bunch of corny jokes, pretty bad uh, fight choreography. Let's kick um, some ice. Some weirdly over-the-top uh, like, uh, scene setting and stuff, which is, it still look good. Still look good. And that's what I appreciate about these like 90s Batman movies is that the, the, they don't have the technology that we have modernly, so yeah. all the sets are physical. Yeah. And... It's it oh it's not more creative obviously it uh-huh. takes creativity no matter what but it's just like you had to do more with less yeah right in terms of what you had going on there mm-hmm. and like the sets like where Poison Ivy was posted up when Robin came and found the uh the Robin signal yeah like that was a dope ass set with all the vines and uh-huh. flowers covering the walls and stuff everywhere Mister Freeze was posted up all the yeah. ice and shit they were all just like cool. really expressive sort of places and it was like that's what made it really comic it, book. it felt like a um, it felt like a layout for like a video game set, like or something yeah. like that, or like somewhere where you'd have like this like video game fight, or like you know, they just do like like extremely... a background in Injustice, right? Right. It's like the whole world is built around this idea that Batman exists, and so do supervillains, and they have fights. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what the entire world is built for. <laughs> yeah, that's kind Literally. of what that's and that's kind of the premise of any time any DC movies. Yeah, too. yeah. Like most places are designed for any superhero fight to break out at any mm-hmm. moment. Right, which is oddly convenient. <laughs> <laughs> um, another character that uh, is wonderful in the uh, Batman universe is Poison Ivy. And uh, this one was played by Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. Pretty undeniable. Yeah, no, she is definitely. For me, besides Batman, probably the best part of this is, movie. Is that the only on like live-action Poison Ivy I, I want to say so, but uh, I can't remember. I don't... I don't remember any other Batman movies with Poison Ivy. I don't either. Huh. But I dig I dig this Poison Ivy. Yeah. I guess the, uh, the critics must not have liked her if nobody ever brought her back, though. Well, because it's kind of hard to do more than one thing with her yeah. story. It's yeah. like, I want to take down the humans because I love the plants. And it's it's... It's a good premise. I dig it. That could be it, but somebody could, I think, turn that into a very interesting, like, sort of storyline nowadays. And they absolutely have before. Like, I'm, I've am i read uh, 
like most of Poison Ivy, Poison Ivy's best uh, stories for me come from Harley Quinn too. Yeah, because they go together good as a duo. Yeah, and uh, in that Harley Quinn TV show, they're a good they're a good dynamic duo in that, and their their stories are really really good together. But mm-hmm. uh, Poison Ivy, like the doctor she kills at the beginning of this, is Jason Woodrow, and her story is always connected to that character because he becomes the Floronic Man, which is a flower guy. Like they, <laughs> flower guy. Their, their origins are always tied together. Yeah. They always have a similar arc. They always end up facing each other. It's just like, eventually it's hard It's hard to come up with new things to do with Poison Ivy. Yeah, yeah. And you know, movies always kind of rewrite characters so that they fit the plot more, like, easily. Because it wouldn't, for example, it wouldn't have made sense to make Batgirl, Barbara Gordon, in this case, where Jim Gordon has, you know, he's just mostly a goof. Yeah. (laughs) Like, he's not really a a relevant character, but instead they're just like, oh, it's Batman's, or it's uh, Alfred's niece, right? Yeah, Alfred's niece. Alfred's niece just pops up, and then she's there. She's Barbara, and you're like, wait a second, that's Batgirl. Yeah, right. (laughs) And they even made a joke about how not PC the the name Batgirl is, even (laughs) though they made the rest of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were that's... like Batgirl. Don't you think that's that's not exactly PC? What about Bat Person or Bat Woman? <laughs> sign of the times. Sign of the times. Yeah, and I mean, like, he's not wrong. But you also just had Poison Ivy, who was basically ruling men with her sexuality, which you could could be done tastefully. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Because let's be real, easily happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But uh, <laughs> the way they go about it in this movie was so fucking. <laughs> The way they go about a lot of things, it's almost like they were like writing the scenes and like, oh, I have this big extravagant vision, um, but how can we make it practically work? And they're like, well, they're going to have to fly halfway across the room on ropes um, and nobody's going to question, you know, whether or not gravity exists in this world. They're going to have to they're going to have to drive their cars on the down the arm of a statue. Yes. And fly off a finger onto a (laughs) nearby rooftop. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's exactly what happened. And see, I respect the vision. Yeah, it's it, it's got it's, vision. It's high ambition, and the CGI for the time, not bad. Not bad, not bad, at not all. bad at all for the nineties. And you know, like when uh, Mister Freeze was freezing the whole city of Gotham, yeah. not bad. Yeah. I also like how the solution was conveniently satellites are equipped with thawing technology uh-huh. to unfreeze cities. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. You know, maybe maybe they but, really are. And I also feel like they use the fight scenes more as like to to. Um, progress the story so like because like if you think about like a fight in uh the dark knight trilogy or something those fights are usually just like isolated instances where like the two like the villain and the hero finally meet or whatever and then they they get they get to going and there's not like it's not always about necessarily what's happening in the story it's about what's already happened so it's like the fight scenes are like it's the culmination of yeah it's the culmination but these i felt like they're doing dialogue and they're they're telling the story while the fights are happening and, and I'm that's like, what makes it such a like a nineties feeling yeah. like and super comic booky because it's the the villain stereotypically explaining his yeah. plans as he battles the <laughs> as hero he battles and the heroes the hero, are like, yeah. not today, Mr. Freeze, like yeah. <laughs> shit like that. And then and then usually when they when they do just show the show like things from the fight happening, it's just like random shit. Like Mr. Freeze's goons just skating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being like, yeah, yippee, haha, it's a bunch of us. <laughs> Woohoo. We're not actually doing anything. We're just kind of skating around and looking sort of menacing. But I also love that Robin and Batman come equipped with ice skates, ice skates. in their shoes. Click your heels once. Click your heels you ice, and you, you got, got ice, ice skates. skates. There you go. Just in case, you know, and it turns out they needed them. Turns out they <laughs> needed them. I never would have guessed. Yeah, no, I never would have guessed either. I mean, I guess they did. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently they did. 
Um, but uh, my favorite parts of this movie were certainly George Clooney's Batman and Uma Thurman's Poison Ivy, mm-hmm. I have to say. And uh, the sets. Overall, I really enjoyed them. Um, the music was pretty stereotypical Batman. Yeah. I dig it. Yeah. I think they did a good job also kind of like in a in – a, like, and this is not to say this is the best writing that I've ever seen in a movie or anything. <laughs> Surely it's not. <laughs> but I think that they did, like, you know, at they least did they did exactly didn't what they wanted to. Yeah, they didn't completely alienate the goal of the plot. Like, they no. still, it, it got there. I think it got there maybe 30 to 45 minutes too late. But, Dude, um, <laughs> this movie was 45 minutes longer than it Yeah, it really and, was. And I mean, like, I, I get it. It was fun. It was a yeah. fun movie to watch, and it made me nostalgic as hell. But, like, I'm like, dude, these, every fight scene could be 15 uh-huh. minutes shorter. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. But it, it, they were still telling a fresh story about Batman, I feel like, that, like, you don't really see too often. For sure. It's, like, he, him dealing with sort of, like, Robin and then him dealing with Alfred. And that th- those aren't, like, normally things that they, I've seen in um, Batman movies. It's usually focused more on the villain. But it's all, this one was also focused kind of on the bat family i guess you call yeah, it yeah it was it's an interesting aspect of it because you don't see that mm-hmm. with batman too often the focus yeah. on the bat family mm-hmm. with batgirl robin and alfred like exactly. at the end when alfred's like you did it oh you did it and they all hug and you're <laughs> yeah. like this is really not what batman is usually about yeah it's usually not it's <laughs> and usually i think not. that lends itself to george clooney being batman yeah the way we were talking about it doesn't seem like he's as emotionally closed off it's because he's george clooney he's everyone george fucking, fucking loves clooney. that guy yeah you know <laughs> you can't hate him you can't <laughs> you just can't so i mean like it, it's it's a fun movie it's, i, I, I enjoy watching it a lot yeah it's definitely a fun movie um I don't know if I'll like you know need to revisit anytime soon, but probably not. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Maybe you know? another uh, ten to fifteen years. <laughs> probably, and I'll be like, oh man, this reminds me of when I was five and when I was twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Good, good movie though. Honestly, if I had to rate it, probably five out of ten. I'd go five out of ten. That's five probably 10. safe. It's it's an enjoyable watch. But, uh, and super movies are all superhero movies are always in their own kind of category because they can never be good as a legitimate movie i feel like like because they're, they're not writing their own story they're just kind of trying to mold a different one that's already written in comics to yeah fit on the screen right to make sense on a screen so it's like they're not really working with top-notch storytelling to begin with but for what they had i think they did a, a good job i think they did making too. it interesting it was uh it was solid it was solid enough um, after this, we're going to do the, uh, Dark Knight trilogy, right? Yes. Dark Knight trilogy. That's a fucking good one. Yes. We're going to go Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. The Dark Knight Rises. So Batman Begins next. You'll see that. Yes, indeed. There's a part in the, uh, Harley Quinn series where, uh, Batman is hurt for a while and then he comes back and he's, Batman's he's like, Batman's talk- in the Harley Quinn series? Yeah. He pops up every once in a while. Wow. It's not about him or, ever, okay. or anything. It's just, he, he's there every once in a while and he's, yeah. and he's like, uh, well, you disinfect the bat suit, Alfred, and then Batman returns. The name of a Batman movie. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then he's like, uh, "Sir, there's also one thing we need to do." He's like, "We'll do it," and then Batman begins again. <laughs> oh, that's great! <laughs> it's a funny ass series, and it's again. But yeah, it, and the, especially with stuff with Poison Ivy because she's one of the main characters in that show. You yeah. see all the like the spinoffs they do with like. There's a lot of commentary on their yeah. old movies with that series, and it's very, very entertaining. <laughs> That's funny. But yes, next, Batman Begins, then The Dark Knight, then The Dark Knight Rises. 
Bada bing, bada boom. Batman binge, baby. Bye. And we just did it because we're feeling it. We did. Just because fuck it. Because fuck it. Why not? Amen, brother. <laughs> Next segment is our top ten favorite movies of all time. Very this difficult. Very difficult. Is one. extremely hard. <laughs> it's not easy. And uh, that's why it's so easy to do over and over every few months because yeah. it changes. You really got to plunge the, 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 the depths of your, your movie watching experience, Josh. You really, and, and, really and, and, do. Like people like us, we've watched a lot of movies. A lot of A movies. lot of movies. Like, I'm, I'm Movies willing, I don't remember. <laughs> there are, there has to be movies yeah. I don't remember watching. And that's crazy. Yeah. Like, I've watched hundreds of movies. Do you? Do you think we've reached watching a thousand movies in our lifetime? Not quite, not quite. That would, cause we'll, That'd be so much time. How many, they say 10,000 hours to become an expert on things. I don't yeah, think i watched 10,000 hours of movies. Well, if we have, this is the perfect podcast for you to be listening to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I've watched hundreds of hours worth of movies. Yeah, hundreds, at, hundreds, yeah, at definitely. least. I, I hope to make it to the thousands by my uh, mid twenties. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the plan. I'll get there. But uh, you know, and, and there are always those constants in your top tens. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had, I have a few at the top that are just like they've always been there. Yeah, they're, they're hallmark, they're hallmarks of my top ten. But there's always five ish that are yeah. like you know what maybe maybe not yeah yeah they float in and out yeah for sure so uh me and you we had four in common on our list yeah and these are not in any particular order these are just 10 of our favorite movies of all time so we had four in common which says quite a lot about me and Tavares yeah. in, the, in terms of how many movies we've watched these and four <laughs> coming to have four <laughs> these four of our top 10 favorites so uh my num- my what I consider number one, and I have considered number one for years, is on both of our list. Uh, the Breakfast Club. Yeah, no, that's a that's a classic in its own right. You know, I mean, it started the whole. Well, it didn't start the whole character study thing, but it it, it changed how how um how, how well done. yeah how well the message could be could be done. Yeah, I mean, and there are just so many. That's the groundwork for fucking so many stories oh yeah yeah no it is and as soon as i watched it i was like that was just like one you know like and you watch movies in school and you're like wait a second <laughs> yeah like that, <laughs> that was, shit was fine that was a good ass movie yeah, you're like i was looking for and, and i watched both um the breakfast club and interstellar at school for the first time i watched interstellar at school for the first time in physics class and, yeah yeah mr heidi <laughs> uh no mr dorch oh shit Wow. It, and it was the best thing we did in his But, class. like, that's awesome. Like, like literally, like, the fact not, that... Nothing against Mr. Dorsch. Actually, one of the greatest teachers I've ever had, but, man, <laughs> physics was just not going to get in this one. No, <laughs> not in my brain. Were you in AP physics? I was. Oh, fuck. It was the worst decision of my life. Like, yeah. I did terrible. And yeah. it was also the semester that I had knee surgery. Oh. So it was just all... It was all yeah. a fuck. Yeah. It was all that's a fuck. A, that's fucked. Um, but... The fact that, like, I just walked into class one day and there's, like, the teacher was just like, hey, we're watching uh, Interstellar for the next, like, three or four days. It's a long movie. It's I was a like, long-ass oh, movie. Shit, it okay. took us, like, four periods. And yeah. I was, like, looking forward to AP Physics so much every day that, that I was <laughs> yeah, in there. I was like, too. oh, fuck, yeah, we and get to go watch the Interstellar. Day, I was like, yo, I'm waiting on seventh hour. <laughs> like, hold on. <laughs> and, like, 
I didn't actually end up getting to finish it. I had to. I had a, a debate tournament that Friday, so I didn't get to go you to, to class. go home and watch it. Yeah, and so I uh, pirated it. That was one of the first movies I've ever pirated. Where <laughs> I was like, I, I need to watch it, and I don't have the money to buy it, so I'm just gonna find it, and I did. And Interstellar, another one that is common in our top ten. Yeah, me and you both have it. Uh, another movie, not on my list, but another movie I watched in school for the first time was A Beautiful Mind. We mentioned that in oh, searching shit. for these for these top ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah, watch that's that. The and no, that that is uh, a beautiful oh, mind. No, that's a that's the mathematician guy. Yeah, it's a mathematician. I can't I remember. I, I think I, I watched. It's played it. by Russell Crowe, and yeah, uh, the I, guy who I plays Vision is Paul Bettany. Is in what, it. What class was that? Uh, AP Psychology. Oh, okay. We're watching it in a different class for some reason. I don't remember why. Yeah, I, I was I gonna, maybe argue. sociology. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah it it's, it's probably one of those two because it's about a guy with schizophrenia. Uh-huh. But it's so fucking good. I love that movie. Didn't make my top ten, though. Um, another another common one on our top ten is blind spotting. Yeah. yeah. I mean. You just. Bro. You just. You got to watch it. I don't know that I've ever had a better movie theater experience than oh. I did watching And I got to have it twice, and I just feel so grateful about it. Oh, you do? Like, you have to. I I was like I. I'm like, so grateful to you because <laughs> you just went. We're going to see Blind Spot. <laughs> I think I did do that. Yeah, I was and I was like, like I was like, what's no... that? And you were like, you'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember hedging my bets on that and because like when I, the first time I watched it, literally I was I just randomly I was with a friend. We we don't hang out like all that often. Like he just we moved and so we were just hanging out randomly. He's like, hey, I got free movie tickets. So we went and we were like, this is, looks like the best thing. I don't know what the fuck it is. I just watched it and by the end, I'm like. Yo, Yo, and dude. I don't think he processed it. He's not, you know, one of those movie type yeah. people. I don't know if he pro. He's like, hey, you know, good movie. I was just like, Yo, did movie. you? I don't good you, movie. You don't even have to be a like a movie type because every person I've shown that movie to, yeah. they are shook. Oh yeah, for twenty minutes for after twenty minutes. Yeah, like for at least twenty. Like we made it all the way to the uh, the the, <laughs> the uh, to fucking what streetcar oh casey streetcar yeah. and i was i sat in my seat i didn't speak and i was just like <laughs> <laughs> you're just like fucking hell yeah that movie man i don't know how they fucking did it but it, it, that's always got to stay in the top five for the oh, rest of dude. my life just and that that last principle little, see both faces or <laughs> see both pictures <laughs> i am both pictures oh, shit. i was like oh my god at first i was like is this dude rapping right to this dude like holding a gun ah, this is weird and then i was just like wait a second this is something this is something different like completely different like something that has never been done oh and I, I mean like i'm just watching my jaws on the fucking floor my eyes are wide open i'm on the edge of my seat i'm just like oh my fucking god yeah. what the <laughs> fuck's gonna happen <laughs> ah! <laughs> bro so good just watch it just watch just it. watch it <laughs> Oh, my God. And then the last in our common top ten is The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, which, you know, honestly, I think we don't even need to discuss it much. We'll no, the greatest it. superhero film of all time. Yeah. Greatest superhero villain of all time. You'll hear about it next week or the following. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the following. Because next week's Batman begins. After that, The Dark Knight. Oh, shit. We'll be diving into Wait, that, we... bitch. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess we'll commit to that now. Yeah. We're, we're doing it weekly. Yeah, okay. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Batman binge baby <laughs> it's on uh, but yeah The Dark Knight so we've got six that are uncommon give me one of your six Boys in the Hood 
boys it's in the just, hood. I, like when I think of movies that just like hit, like hit, like this was this was like Boys in the Hood was what blind spotting is to me. But like I don't have the same relationship with that movie because I didn't get to see it released and stuff, and yeah. it wasn't about like contemporary Ricky. times and stuff like that, or, or necessarily like any circumstances that I can like relate to. But like it's still so just a fucking classic. Perfect. I mean. And the slate of characters in that movie. Oh, yeah. The slate Cube, of actors. Cuba Gooding, Ice Cube. I mean, Cube. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence fucking Fishburne, And bro. Lawrence Fishburne has one of, like, literally, this man taught me, like, gentrification. And what's crazy about it is, like, that, that scene, like, is still, like, I, I just, like, feel like I can just remember it exactly, like, like, what exactly that scene was about and what he was trying to explain there when he was talking about, like, why the liquor stores and the gun shops and the and the like uh poor convenience stores are all like in the same area and things like that and like i just remember under like grasping that concept so well from this like li- from the from being lines like of dialogue. okay yeah like yeah. that makes sense but then it's like 10 years down the line you know i'm talking to white people and absolutely like i've brought it up on multiple like, i wrote an entire poem called boys in the hood mm-hmm. an entire poem brought it to workshop and people were like why is it called Boys in the Hood? And I was like, I, th- there's a Ricky, there's a Ricky line in there. <laughs> um, there, there there's and guy. then, and right. then you look at the rest of it, and it's it's the this the plot. <laughs> it's, the, it's the plot of Boys in the Hood. Uh, and then, like, I was just like, nobody, even my professor. I was remember like, you sending it to me, and and you were like, you get this right? Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was like, yeah, it's the movie Boys in the Hood. Yeah. <laughs> and like, the, nobody understood. And it's just like. Those same white people are the ones who, when I say gentrification, they actually tell ask, what does that mean? Like, I've had college juniors ask me, and seniors, be like, what does gentrification mean? Well, and that's the thing, too, is that it should be a known concept. Yeah. But it happens so often and so widespread that it's just like, for white people... That's just like a part of it. Yeah. Expansion. Yeah. Like, no, that's a fact. They, they feel morally ambiguous on it because you tell them, hey, they're moving out poor minority communities to build, you know, your fancy rich luxury apartments that they can't afford, raising property taxes, also meaning that they can't live in the district because, like, their property taxes yeah. have increased. And so, like, they're like, well, but, you know, the way that capitalism works and you're like yeah that's the point that's the fucking problem <laughs> that's the point that's the fucking problem see and that's and that's always what it comes back to always <laughs> it's, always it's, and it's always but that's how capitalism works that's always the nail in the coffin yeah. that's always the final argument it's mm-hmm. like and it you're telling me that's just the way it works is your final argument it's just the way it works. If that's just the way it works, it works wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's a valid thing to say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Man. But yeah, Lawrence Fishburne from Boys in the Hood taught us all that. The guy. The guy. Especially Tavares. Because I remember that that's kind of how I connected with blind spotting too. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the first introduction to gentrification or anything, yeah. but still like one of the better broke down versions of it right. on screen I've ever seen. Right. And they always do it through dialogue. Like there are specific scenes that you remember like of what they Kill said. Kill a hipster, save your hood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's just like the what they what you say in a movie is so fucking important. So important. 
I mean, we're we're here talk. How long has it been since Boys in the Hood came out? That was ninety. That was nineties. Nineties at least. It was, and it's yeah. it's almost thirty years later, and we're talking about Boys in the Hood in the context of today. That's how important movies are. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally, literally. That's absurd. Uh, I'll go with my next one. I don't have anything none deep like that. Wolf of Wall Street. Hey, no, I mean, we could talk. We could always get into capitalism well, based off Wolf of Wall Street I mean, as yeah, well. That, but yeah, those dudes are just Wall Street gangsters. You know, yeah, I, I, just, you can't not fuck with them. You know, they're just doing their thing, <laughs> <laughs> and they suck. They're scum. Yeah, they're the worst. They are the but worst. But you watch them and you like them. You like them because <laughs> you're like, man, they really just don't give a fuck. <laughs> and there's always a little bit of you that wishes you were more like that. Yeah, but I was actually amazed by that movie and, and its cast and, like, how... It's astounding. Like, that that was just, like, a really deep, like, in, in terms of how well they, they like, took a, a true, mostly tragic story and made it into this party and then the sobering message was just, like, really well done. Oh, it was... Uncanny, because like uncanny, the, you 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 just sympathize with Jordan Belfort, like and you're just you like shouldn't. you shouldn't. You you're shouldn't. like you you know you're really going about this the wrong way, but you're like, man, I'm rooting for for you. whatever reason. You're like, fucking awesome, and that's the point too about like all these Wall Street dudes was mm-hmm. they were all scrappy as hell. Mm-hmm. Like you root for underdogs, and all these dudes felt like underdogs, uh-huh. even though they were already also, rich as fuck. You got to think too. Maybe it has to do with this idea of you know. Let me sell you this pen because it's like it's like you think about like people who are in a business major. Like, don't they have like this reputation of kind of being like these like kind of like cocky? um, I don't know, just like sort of um, a little too too slick, you know, like they're just like I think there are specific business majors that can be like that. Yeah, but like there's that there's that stereotype within the business community. I feel like Um, or just in general business. Not even just business majors, just fucking yeah, business. business. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I think Jordan Belfort was just really fucking good at it because even for as much of a dick as he was, he could still sell you that pen. He could sell you that fucking pen, bro. Like they just, and like just, that part at the it. beginning where he's he finds his little uh, the penny stocks place uh-huh. and he goes and he and he's on the phone and everyone else is just fucking terrible at selling these stocks. They're just like. Uh, yeah, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and then he gets on the phone he's fucking fired up he's yeah. talking to them he's like I'll tell you what and he sells them like $5,000 <laughs> worth of this penny stock yeah. and he gets 4999 of it because <laughs> that's how this shit works <laughs> and everyone around him is just like surrounding him like holy fucking shit this guy's a god <laughs> and he's like add some passion to your life do drugs. And <laughs> <laughs> that part at the beginning where he's breaking down his his r- drug routine. Yeah. Like what he does in a day. Uh-huh. And you're just like. Jesus fucking Yo. And Christ. this dude's still not dead. Oh, yeah. He's he's still kicking. He's still kicking. He's and like free. alive and well. Yeah. And free. And free. Not in prison. Not in prison. He, he lived that life. It's a man. white man who worked on Wall Street right there. <laughs> That is exactly true. That's exactly true. <laughs> That's true. Exactly true. Uh, but yeah, just and there are so many fucking great scenes in that movie. Oh, yeah. I love it. And I mean, Margot Ro- Robbie is just Margot unbelievable Robbie. in that movie. Jonah Hill Jonah is absolutely Hill. amazing in that movie. Uh, I mean, obviously Leonardo DiCaprio. 
Leo. And I loved his dad in that movie. Rob Reiner, the uh, guy, the older guy who yells a lot. Oh, <laughs> yo, he was great. He was actually one of the most. He's of one the of the best, best parts of that, of that movie. movie. Yeah, <laughs> when he's in there explaining, he's like, "What the fuck are you doing what with the, this business? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's like you're going out. You spend fifty thousand dollars on dinner." <laughs> then the uh, then they get raided like shortly yeah, after that. Yeah, yeah, that was oh man, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> and, and just the I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm, not. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> just, Iconic. Just Iconic. Nothing better. <laughs> just few scenes to get me as hype. <laughs> You're just like, yo, he has these people. He has them by the by ball. the balls. balls. <laughs> by the ball. They did. He was. They he had don't them care. at his whim. I. They like. He's like literally Jesus. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> she needed to pay off her school. So what we do? <laughs> paid her twenty thousand dollars to cut off her hair. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> oh my god, that is just like that's just awesome. <laughs> it's unbelievable, man. And th- it's, th- think about it; it's the Wall Street version of a mob movie. It is. It's exactly that's what it all is. it is. Because like that's why you enjoy mob movies because you watch them and you're just like, yo, they don't care. They no, just do th- what they want. These people are the worst, but they're fun to watch. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like if you had their life, obviously you'd be like, I'd get overwhelmed. Oh yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't do it. No fucking way. But I mean, like you watch and you're like, God, I wish I had a little more of that. I don't give a. Fuck. I know, God. I'm just, I give too many fucks. <laughs> and I, I give very few fucks. <laughs> <laughs> I give very few fucks. But it's just enough, just enough. <laughs> to not just be enough. Wall Street dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your uh, What's your next movie? Um, next I have I Am Number Four. I am number four, and I, you know this is the bottom five. So these are these are really just the movies with the with highest pure enjoyment, you know, for me. Entertainment value, value yeah. entertainment value, just story value to me personally. But I I started. I didn't read the I'm number four books until after I watched the first movie because I watched the first movie and I just thought the concept for like this sort of uh, I guess superhero or. Uh, I don't even know if you not, not, not even a superhero really because they don't like save people. That's not in any part of like the idea there. It's just these aliens who have powers and are on Earth and are being hunted. And it was just I don't know. It was one of those like stories that just you were just like man, I like. This. I was like, this is fucking dope. <laughs> like yeah, this is I, dope I, as shit. I, I have no complaints. I read all I read all the books except the last one just because by the time the last one came out, I was like a senior in high school and I just wasn't really visiting young adult fiction anymore yeah um, it's kind, of, it's more, it's kind of beyond it more into non-fiction. even if it even to finish a series yeah just like, and eh. it was just a long book and i was like i don't know um this is worth my time <laughs> yeah but all of those books i find this uh, to this day one of my favorite book series ever written like just a good ass story. i never i never connected with i am number four that way i uh i watched it a couple times when i was like i'd guess 14, uh-huh. 13, 14, around that age. I remember the first time I watched it over at a, a friend's house. And uh, I liked it. But I, I, I wasn't like... I, what I realized, though, was that, like, that's totally understandable. Because the book or the movie does not do the book justice. Whatsoever. Really? Whatsoever. Not, like, even, not in the it, slightest. No. Like, they have, like, maybe 30 to 40% of the 
book in the movie. God damn. And they, they twist like how how the powers come about and things like that and like sort of what the circumstances are when the movie starts. So it's like you don't get to it's like an anime. It's like w- w- with certain anime stories people don't like it because it jumps in yeah. like it, it just jumps in and they, like there's this universe that they have to learn about. Yeah. But like good animes start from literally nothing. Like they start from when these characters are just children and then it shows you sort of like what what exactly they Took have to place. deal with and what what became of of, of themselves type yeah and then it, it, you become invested that way and it's like i think it was that, well that's that kind of the case of the with a lot of really good shows yeah. too it's like the world building is extremely important it's ex- it's the most important thing i think like oh it is that's i mean if that's what you're going for yeah. if you're going for like an expansive universe in which you have to know a lot of things mm-hmm. then you don't just drop me in it slowly build it around me yeah. you know like mm-hmm. the i mean another great example of that is uh game of thrones game of thrones fucking pr- you start yeah. in winterfell the whole first episode takes place in winterfell and then you, you expand s- yeah you start with daenerys as like yeah essentially a slave <laughs> yeah <laughs> then she burns millions yeah what what <laughs> like, where'd that what? come from <laughs> You start, with Tyr- you start with Tyrion as a drunk, and next he's making the decision on who should be king. You see Bran get thrown from a building. He becomes king. He becomes king. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you wouldn't ever imagine that they would go this far, but they do. And that's like the stories that it seems like are the top-notch stories are the ones that people get most interested in are the ones that they can grow to relate to because i mean that's that's how stories are told in real life like that's just it is it is i'm gonna have to go back and add a disclaimer to the beginning of this segment to be like there are spoilers for the end of game of thrones if you have not watched it please do not yeah please do not they're gonna be like game of thrones (laughs) this is about movies (laughs) (laughs) yep well it got there Yep. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean game of thrones was a perfect example of that yeah what's your next movie my next movie is once upon a time in Hollywood. Mm. I, I mean, actually did think it was that one. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I said I said it's it's not the Pulp Fiction movie. I uh, Pulp Fiction. It's not the <laughs> Quentin Tarantino movie I usually go with, which, which is Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. <laughs> which is Pulp Fiction. Uh, but I went with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this time because I recently re-wa- rewatched it and I was like, Why am I even kidding myself? Yeah. I like that a lot more than I like Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah. Yeah, no, it was it, I think it was an easier story to grasp than mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction because you don't get much you get more more out of just like seeing what is happening, but I, well, at least when I watch Pulp Fiction, I'm not going to lie, like 30 45 minutes in I was like, okay, this is cool and all. What is going on? What the fuck's <laughs> happening? Yeah. I'm like, why who are these people? <laughs> Wait a minute. And I don't, who are you? <laughs> do we ever do you ever even figure out really who Samuel Jackson and John Travolta like are are like be, besides Hitman essentially? No, nah, I mean we just kind of follow them like and that's what's interesting though is that they did with those two characters what we do with Cliff Booth Cliff Booth and uh Yeah. And Leonardo DiCaprio's yeah. character, like we, we just kind of follow them around and what they're doing. And that's for just a while. Point, that's Tarantino. That's what style. Tarantino does. I don't, I mean, it's I like just, we and this is a good example of someone who drops you into a world that's built and is just like <laughs> deal with it. Yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> but maybe that's why you like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because you didn't have to deal with that so much because this was the one that was set. It's in, set in, in real reality, in real reality, or it's based on reality. Yeah, I mean it's an alternate history. Yeah, but. alternate history. 
I mean, it was an easy time period to grasp. Mm -hmm. You're dropped right into this golden era, golden the end of the golden age of Hollywood. (laughs) Just like, all right, probably one of your more favorite. Oh, easily one of my favorite eras. I was just looking at your uh, headscarf and I was like, (laughs) yeah, headscarf. It's all you need to know. (laughs) Right right from the bat, you're like, okay, so (laughs) sixties. Yeah, Uh, but yeah, it's a it's it's a good ass movie, and uh, one of the uh, weirder things about this movie though is that. Quentin Tarantino has like a real deal foot fetish and it comes through. Really? Yeah. There is a lot of women's feet in this movie. Interesting. I didn't notice that. Like uh when Margot Robbie goes and sees the movie mm-hmm. with uh with Sharon Tate in it, mm-hmm. she puts her feet up and she she didn't wear shoes on her way on her way to it, walking there, and then she walks up and she puts her feet up on front of in the on the seat in front of her and the bottom of her feet are all dirty and shit, but her feet are up the entire time she's watching that movie. Then all the hippie girls never are wearing shoes. That's true. I just, I think I attributed that to them being hippies, but I definitely see what you're saying. No, I mean like Quentin Tarantino is a weird guy. Quentin Tarantino is, is a strange cat <laughs> for, for sure. No doubt. Uh, but make, yeah, it's a good ass movie to make him glorious bastards. You kind of have to be, I mean to make Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah. You kind of have to be, you have to be Quentin Tarantino. You have to be. Because I don't think these movies come from anywhere else. <laughs> I need to watch. There's one Quentin Tarantino movie that I haven't watched. Um, it's like the, the Deadly Seven or no. It, it was like, it has like, it's like a set. It's a Western. The Hateful Eight? The Hateful Eight. <laughs> Deadly <laughs> Seven. <laughs> the Hateful Eight. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny that that's what came. Well, what's funny <laughs> is there's also a Netflix movie called The Ridiculous Six. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What is the seven? There's got to be a seven I think out I was, there somewhere. I think I was thinking of a seven deadly sins. That makes more sense. Yeah. Weird. But yeah, I also have not seen The Hateful Eight. It, I'm not really into westerns, but I've always felt like, you know, I should try it out. And that's the thing, though, is like I like a lot of stuff that's western influenced. Mm-hmm. So I it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if I went and watched westerns and was like, oh, you know what? I dig this. But like, yeah. I, I have no motivation to go back and watch these old ass westerns yeah, yeah, with yeah, racist ass dudes I, in them. Yeah, that's that's really the biggest turnoff. It's like God, I just know all the people involved in making this <laughs> hated everybody but white people. <laughs> everybody but white men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know. That's uh, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> My next one was um Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Okay. Goodfellas. That one's. I, I remember. I don't know if my mom ac- ever actually let me watch it by the time I did, but she always loved that movie. And then I was like, I always wanted to watch it, but she never would let me for obvious reasons. Yeah. And then I think I just like snuck and watched it. Just a good ass mob just movie. Just a great like, for an movie. introduction to mob movies. I was oh, like, that's the pinnacle. This is fucking because that's like dope. the mob movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It, Besides, it, like Godfather. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And, like, you know, now that I, I, I've been watching Godfather, I'm like, Goodfellas and Godfather were trying to accomplish two very different things, but they're each very important in their own right. Like, mm-hmm. it's, and, like, for a while, mob movies all kind of blended together for me. I was just kind of like, oh, the stories seem to be the same. Like, but it, they're really not. Like, <laughs> once they're you, not. They're just not. Like, and obviously, that's common sense will tell you that, but I just had to, you know, prove it for myself. Well, and that's kind of like how most genres work for me, too, is like, I have certain shows or movies set up to be something in my head, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm okay. 
I don't need to watch that. I've seen yeah. I've seen about all I can in that in that sort of vein, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then you go and watch it, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> I have not seen anything in that vein. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's that was crazy. not at all what I what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, like when I when I started Sopranos, and it wasn't like yeah, it wasn't like I I knew Sopranos was going to be good. Don't get uh-huh. me wrong, I've never heard a single bad thing about Sopranos. Uh-huh. But I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll watch it one day. Yeah, I'm not in a hurry to get around to it. And then I watched the first couple episodes, and I was like, holy fucking shit! Yeah, people weren't lying. Yeah, and this show. This isn't even as good as it gets. And <laughs> it's, it's really not. But I just like like Sopranos was like they they, they were really um, they were they were really smart about how they wrote that show because they made it focus a lot on like sort of the the psychological like things about well, being like a mobster. It seems like the first season so far is based around Tony's visits to his the whole therapist's show, office. The whole show is. Oh, based, the whole show is based. The whole on show is based. Okay, upon that. that's awesome because yeah. I really love that setup. Exactly, it makes everything feel like it's him telling his therapist mm-hmm. what's going on in his life. Exactly, and so like it's it's all it's like it's in this weird way by displaying toxic masculinity, misogynism. Or misogynism, misogyny, misogyny, yeah. <laughs> um, and just like you know, general, just evil criminal activity, and like the the thought processes behind it. Well, there's a lot of psychological evaluation yeah. to be done in this too. Like I, I mean, I'm not the one to make it because I don't know enough there. <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, the obvious shit between Tony and his mother. Yeah. I'm four episodes you, in, and you I'm gotta, like, dude, you gotta at least watch until season episode season two episode six or seven i want to say john favreau is in there oh fuck yeah and he's like playing himself and it, it's oh he's playing john favreau he's playing john favreau oh fuck and yeah. this, just a whole episode around around john favreau basically trying to make this mob movie with this guy it's one of the best it's it's one oh of the best that's that's cool too TV because i just like, watched uh Christopher Moltisanti was like, yeah. you think I, you don't think I got office from Hollywood? You think I couldn't go out there? And, and Tony's like, you think I haven't heard them? <laughs> he actually goes Get the, the fuck out. He actually goes to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I, I figured, yeah, I figured it would at some point. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Goodfellas. Great movie. Great movie. Great, Great movie. movie. Good movie. Good movie. Goodfellas. Good. Yeah. Good movie for Goodfellas. Um, my next movie is Return of the Jedi. I had to get a Star Wars movie. I figured. I, I, always, I always do. I thought about it. Uh, and this one's just a, a personal favorite of mine. You know, it's mm-hmm. every time I watch, it's a comfort movie. Mm. It's one of those ones I watch it and I'm like, you know what? I'm happier than when I than when I started this yeah. movie. You know, because by the end you get that last little shot of them all sitting on the forest moon of Endor, all the Ewoks <laughs> moving around and shit. And I'm like, you know what? Shit might be okay. <laughs> Shit might be alright. Yeah, no, that was the Return of the Jedi. I feel like was um that movie was like weird. Like it was it was the movie where I was like, this felt like an almost an intermission, but it was just so blissful. It like, was because it, it, it like I don't if I remember correct, I haven't seen it in a while, but like the the story like they don't do much more than that's the movie where Luke Skywalker gets introduced. No, that's this is the last movie in the original trilogy. Oh shit, that's with a uh, Darth Vader. That's where Darth Vader yeah, yeah. turns okay, and okay. Uh, kills Emperor Palpatine. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that that one I was just like this is a weird spot to end it. But okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I didn't understand what the Star Wars trilogies like were at that time. Like, yeah. yeah. And and see, that's the thing too is that they were originally just a condensed 
Like, that was it. Yeah. There was never a plan to go beyond that or introduce anything before that. But so it was just so fucking huge. It was massive. Fucking huge. Yeah. And I, I, and I appreciate Return of the Jedi because it was just... People once thought it was the end, but uh-huh. then it didn't end up being that. <laughs> like, it's it, not going to be. And it's definitely never... Like, it's not even close <laughs> to being done now. This shit's going to go on for fucking ever. As long as they can milk it. And they will. For a while. For a while. Um, but yeah, Return of the Jedi, fucking great movie. What's your next one? My next one was Four Brothers. Four Brothers, okay. And it, like that movie. Four Brothers <laughs> in a van. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't it Two Brothers? There was Two Brothers, okay. yeah. Uh, two Brothers in a van. In a van. <laughs> and then the moon hits. <laughs> what do you do then? <laughs> Uh, um, but yeah, that you can't get a better, a much better cast. Mark Wahlberg, strong. Andre Benjamin, three stacks. Tyrese Gibson, Tyrese. Um, I want. Uh, was it? Um, I want to say Eva Mendez was in that movie. Maybe, perhaps. Um, I haven't seen it in forever. Hold on, let me look it up. Um, but. This this movie was just kind of like it felt so goddamn Detroit, like it's it, it had that bl- you know how blind spotting just captured it's Oakland, Oakland. Yeah. yeah. This movie was fucking Detroit, and it was just like one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had watching a movie because like you get so invested in this this like very gritty story, and this was probably one of the grittiest movies I've watched, like one of the first like really gritty movies mm-hmm. I've watched. Like I, I this was another one of the movies I snuck and watched. This was after. Um, Goodfellas. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is after the downward slope where yeah. I was just kind of like, "Fuck it all, I need fuck to watch it, fuck this it shit. all." I'll watch all the movies. <laughs> um, but it it was just like the the story was so fucking like tight and like true. It, it was just real. It was a real ass story. Like shit, just this is it's how shit really happens. And I'm like, this is like, it just stuck with me. I don't know what it was. It just stuck. With it's me. just it was there with me forever. And that's 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 a good movie. That's that's oh. the, that's the mark of a good movie. Sofia Vergara. Ooh, Sofia Vergara. She's a, she's a good and, one. Uh, she's a good actress. Uh, Chiwetel. You know, uh, two thousand. You seen two thousand twelve? Yes. The black guy. Ah, here, yeah. Let me see him. <laughs> uh, Terrence Howard's in it. Yes, I recognize that man. Yeah. Terrence Howard, and like it was just like I feel like that movie doesn't get talked about much at all, but. It was uh, Taraji P. Henson's in it. I forgot about that. Um, Damn. They were stacked. They were stacked. And John Singleton directed it. John Singleton. (laughs) Okay. I was like, yo, this is, this is, I think I have two John Singleton movies on my my top 10 list too. I don't think I I was really paying it. I've got a, we've got two Christopher Nolan ones. We had two Christopher Nolan ones that we had in common. Oh, yeah, no. Christopher Nolan. The Dark Knight and Interstellar, both Christopher Nolan films. He's just the just the legend, just the legend, just a legend, just a legend. Um, oh, three! I have three John Singleton movies. God damn! He directed Boys in the Hood. Cool. Yes, he did. Holy! I shit. forgot about that. What three were they then? That. Uh, well, my next one. You, just, okay. Go okay. just go ahead. Too fast, too furious. Too fast, too furious. Yes, that's. <laughs> I did not see that coming. <laughs> yes, but he also, yo, like, 
I, like I never knew I, like I never like really I always knew John Singleton was a legend but like he's got three of your he's favorite a movies legend of all time. he's also got baby boy higher learning poetic justice poetic justice like what the fuck you get Tupac and Janet Jackson in a film together it's gonna be iconic oh. yeah that it just yeah. is it's the bottom line oh and he does snowfall I didn't realize that. I'm going to have to watch Snowfall now. Oh, I have to watch Snowfall. My dad fucking loves Snowfall. Really? Yeah. And uh, he says it's uh, it's kind of in the vein of what he wanted The Wire to be, mm-hmm. except it's it's less cop-centric. Okay. So it's that's better. That's nice. That's, that's honestly what took me out of The Wire. Like, I started it. I got, like, maybe five or six episodes, and I was like... I'm tired of hearing about the police. <laughs> yeah, because, like, they portray the police as the protagonist, but the entire time you're like, I kind of want Stringer Bell and them to fucking pull this shit out. I swear to God, <laughs> yeah. I kind of want them to keep keep ruling these streets, like, man, okay? They're kind of hustling, like. Yeah, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with Avon Barksdale. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... Snowfall, I've heard, fucking solid. But, uh, so your next one was too fast, too, too fast, too furious. That movie just entry like why? I'm, why of all the Fast and Furious movies, too that fast, one, too furious? Paul Walker, Tyrese Gibson, Eva Mendes, Vin Diesel. Vin, no, he wasn't in that one. Wait, what? Yeah, he 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 wasn't even in that one. They he was in the first one, and then they, he was out of the second one, and then in like the I think he was in. The There's rest a of Fast them. and Furious movie without Vin Diesel. Yeah, wow, I do not remember Too Fast, Too Furious. Then yeah, no, and, oh, Ludacris was in it. Of course. Um, we gotta, we gotta watch this movie, honestly. Then, if you I mean, we ought to watch the Fast and Furious movies, if we're being for real. Why have we? Why is that? I guess I know why it's never occurred to to us, but like at the same time, it, we just it's, gotta it's, set it's up due. like it's due. We just gotta set up like move like just fucking movie nights over yeah. the next several weeks. Just <laughs> yeah. like fucking, fucking Dark Knight trilogy. Fucking yeah. couple Fast and Furious, couple Fast and Furious, couple Fast and Furious, uh-huh. couple Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, after like five, we can stop. Yeah, it's like. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I've told the, st- the story about Fast and Furious Seven on the pod before, right? Yeah. The time I went to the movie theater and cried on my date's shoulder. Oh, actually, then, no, we got to watch Seven. Yeah, you got to. You got, you to, got to Seven. But uh, Paul Walker really solidified his case for me with Too Fast, Too Furious because coming into it, I was the same way. I'm like, Vin Diesel isn't in the fucking movie. What the fuck? Like, and then I was like, Wait a second, Paul Walker is a legend <laughs> what am i kidding what am I, why did i care <laughs> yeah why did i care? i'm like yo i will watch any movie with this man as the main as the main character i just will he's he's he has that well, i was talking about this with my friend uh about al pacino or oh no 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 i, I was talking about this with my friend about yeah, you're talking to me about but i was also talking about uh george clooney with you yes he has that same swagger like he's just like fucking like everything he does on screen you're just like i want to I, I would be you <laughs> <laughs> if i had the option i'd be you. i would be you you're like you just there's out. only one other guy that i can think of immediately off the top of my head who like just not even in movies just or in movies as well uh-huh. but like just in life jason momoa jason momoa if yeah. i could be any any man yeah it'd be jason momoa yeah i mean look at that fucking guy and listen to that fucking guy. He's just—he's just a fountain <laughs> he's just of positivity. A man, like, that not? guy is just the guy. Okay? He is the guy, and like you see, you're like, oh, is he gonna be scary? And he's just like the fucking nicest human being you've ever met. Oh my god, guy's just oh, the best. God, he's Jason only Mamoa. second to Keanu Reeves. Yeah, only, <laughs> there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's like none of us Duh. can attain that level. <laughs> you know? <laughs> fair, fair, fair. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, no, too fast, too furious. We got to watch that. It, it, and like for like that, just felt like such a street racing, like I, like street culture. And movie. you know, there was a time in my life where I fucking loved the Fast and Furious. Yeah. I'm sure most boys. Mm-hmm. That's what got me into. Car- that's why I like like cars, kind of. Like I'm not into yeah, and, cars and, or anything, but I just I'm enjoy not either. Cars. But any time that I ever like, there were times in my life where I was like, oh fuck yeah, I want like a, a Dodge Challenger yeah. and I want to suit that bitch up. And-, <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, wait, that's expensive. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I don't need that nice <laughs> <of a> car. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I can just I can just drive around in anything. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. As long as I get there. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and, and those times in my life, it was because I fucking loved the Fast yeah. and Furious movies at that time. Uh-huh. It was one of those things that I always came back to. It was like, oh, I'm hot on it for a few months, then a couple years later, I'm yeah. back on it, and then yeah. the same thing happens over and over again. <laughs> uh, my next couple, I've got a... Wait, were those your last two? Or do you have one more now? I have one more. All right, then I'll do two more, and then uh, I'll top it off with my last one. I've got a La La Land. There you go. Of course. Of course. I mean, we talked about this just maybe, was that last week? Two weeks. Two weeks ago, maybe? I don't know. We talked about La La Land relatively recently. I talked about all the reasons I fucking love it. It's a it's, phenomenal film. Yeah. And it, I, honestly, it was a struggle not to put it in my top 10, but I just felt like it was, it, like, for where it came in my life, there I had to show respect to other movies first. You I know? get you. I get you. And, uh,. That's one of the interesting things about these movies that I noticed is I have two from 1985 and before, and the rest of the eight are, like, 2009 after. Really? It's like, it's like or 2008 after. Uh-huh. It's like, if you came between 1996, and, or 1986 and 2007, uh-huh. sorry. <laughs> sorry. You ain't make it. <laughs> I, only actually, I only had four movies uh, after after. I guess Return of the Jedi was 83. So yeah, 85 and on. Okay. Yeah, I only, I only I had four four movies after 2010. All of the rest were in the two like early 2000s and 90s. I I I mean, I've got Blind Spotting, Interstellar, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, La La Land. Those are all within the last 5 years. Damn, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then uh I mean, Wolf movies. of Wall Street, that's within 10 years. Uh-huh. Uh The Dark Knight, that was 2008, so just outside of 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's all right there. And then uh, after La La Land, Friends with Benefits. Friends with Benefits, interesting. Yeah, this is I've the never one. I've seen that. Oh, dude, I fucking love it. It's 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 just the it's one of the ones that I just threw in here uh-huh. for for the ten spot. Yeah. It was like it was like okay, this one's ever changing. Uh-huh. Let's throw a movie in that has held a special place in my heart for a really yeah. long time. And Friends with Benefits, probably my nostalgically favorite rom com of all time. Really, it's got a uh, Justin Timberlake, Mila Justin Kunis. Timberlake. Those are the t- those are the leads. Oh, Justin man. Timberlake and Mila Kunis, and I I watched this movie probably a little too young because yeah. it's called Friends, Friends with, Benefits. with Benefits. It's all about sex. Yeah, uh, I was probably thirteen the first time I watched it, which I mean, arguable, arguable. I, rem- I definitely remember people watching that when it came out. Yeah, and I mean, it, I mean, because it was like it was like a conjunction with like no strings attached with Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman. Those uh, movies came out at like the same time, and they were like the same exact concept. Uh, <laughs> okay. Everyone was like, "What the fuck? These are basically the same movie. They just, just released repeated. twice." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis, it, it's just a it's a fun movie that makes you happy. And there are mm-hmm. parts that you're like, "Oh fuck!" Just like any other rom com, yeah. where you're like, "Oh god damn, I thought they were going to be together." Yeah. <laughs> then they have to break up for a little bit, and then they get together. And then they the get end. together. It's it's. I like the reliability of yeah. a rom com. You know, yeah. it's always going to end happily. Uh-huh. 
Uh, and, and definitely, yeah, I like that too. And this movie like culminates in the song uh, "Closing Time" by Semisonic. Oh yeah, closing time. <laughs> that song just brings up so time many weird feelings. Time for you to go out me. to the places <laughs> you will be from. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about that song, but that is one of the particular white songs that just like. It, it, it hits. I, it, it it hits the weirdest for me though. Like it makes me feel so conflicted about like my Whites. enjoyment of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, this is nice, but no. I remember the first time <laughs> I watched it, I was like, I'm in love with this song. Really? I was like, this song is everything. Did you not know it before then? No. Okay. So I mean, and I was like, like I, I said, about twelve were... or thirteen when I watched it. And I mean, twelve or thirteen year old white kid mm-hmm. here's closing time for the first time falls in love. It's yeah. it's a story written in every white kid's book, <laughs> but uh, it's <laughs> it's a nostalgic favorite song of mine. And see, that's the thing too. I don't know if I love the song for the song itself, or if I have that song forever associated with my favorite romantic comedy of all time, and therefore it sweetens the song What's up a little bit What's weird is, me. like, I'm thinking I have it associated with, like, a particular experience, because I always heard them, like, the first time I heard it, I was at a summer camp, and mm-hmm. it was, like, a dance or something, Yeah, and, like, at the end of it, it, it was, like, we, we threw, threw, like, this big dance, like, right before we all left, and, like, they would always play it, and I went to this camp, like, two, two or three years, I can't remember, um, but I was always just like, you know, I kind of fuck with y'all. You know, we had a, good, <laughs> you had know a good time. You know what? It is I closing never gonna time. never going to see y'all again, probably. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. <laughs> he really said that. And I was just like, yo. You know what? He's sad. right. Like, damn. <laughs> and then you know how everyone does the dance or whatever? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I was just like, this well, is. Well, and that's, uh, they do like a whole flash mob at the end of a fr- friend with, Friends with Benefits oh, to like that. that song. Oh, okay, okay. So, like, it, it's one of those, like, it's. It's a romantic comedy, and they even make like, like commentary on how basic, basic of romantic comedy it is. R- really? Yeah. Like they're like, oh, I wish life was more like this. The, the, <laughs> like she's watching a romantic comedy, and she's like, I wish life was more like this. Yeah. Well, you know, you end up with the guy. A flash mob breaks out. A beautiful pop song starts playing, and then that's like, exactly how the movie ends. <laughs> Happened no time ever. <laughs> God. But it's it's it's. A fucking, it's a happy movie. Yeah. It's a happy movie, yeah. and I enjoy watching it. What's your, uh, what's your last one? My last one is Blue Streak. Blue Streak. You mentioned this in the Martin uh, Lawrence. Mentioned this in the uh, brainstorming part. Yeah, no, I got this. A uh, this is a '99 film, but Martin Lawrence growing up was just like the funniest comedian I had ever seen. Oh, I mean, I, I'll never forget watching uh welcome home roscoe jenkins when i was little uh death at a funeral yeah you remember death at a funeral bro (laughs) yeah god that shit killed me oh my god and like it just the concepts and like he had a particular goofiness that i just think i don't know like people like i feel like adults kind of look down on martin lawrence's comedy but i still just find him fucking hilarious as fuck and that's it's it's because his his comedy is kind of uh He's the black Jerry Seinfeld for me mm-hmm. in that like his his comedy is timeless and it's like just oriented for everybody. Yeah. It's just, it like really no is. matter what, it's it's going to appeal to you. He's just a funny motherfucker. Like, yeah. I just I don't know how to say it. Like he's just hilarious. Like everything this man does, I'm just like, oh, man, I would not have thought to do it that way. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a fucking, that's fucking funny, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, that movie has 
Martin Lawrence, Luke Wilson, and Dave Chappelle. Whew. That's a strong three right there. Yeah, and they, they guide most of the I mean, movie. Dave Chappelle's the king of comedy. Yeah, Dave Chappelle. And his character in that movie is, like, really outlandish, and it's just, like, it's it's a good fit for Dave Chappelle. Like, they have one of the funniest, like, one of the most comedic scenes I have ever watched. We should honestly watch that after this. But <laughs> where he's, like, he's in a, Martin Lawrence is in an alley holding a gun at him, and uh, Dave Chappelle's like a crackhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just hilarious. <laughs> but, Dude, I haven't watched that movie in forever. <laughs> that movie has, like, always been one of the ones where I'm like, what's the... the the funniest movie I've ever watched. I'm like, I got it. Got it. Blue Street. Now, he has another one called National Security that's also up there. Oh, shit. You know what? That just rang like a really <laughs> strong bell in the back of my really, mind, but yeah. I cannot see it. Like, I, it's not. It's hilarious. That movie was so. It was with the white cop, kind of has a square face. Yeah. 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 It's such a. Just unlikely. He was from. Oh, no. I don't, I don't remember where he was from, actually. Remember that a uh, movie with Raven, ba- uh, Raven Simone, and him, a like road trip or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that was a Disney movie, I think, wasn't it? Oh, was it? I think so. It, 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 was, might, it, was, it wasn't was. bad. That was, I know he he was older in that one, so he was, and it was, I, it, it definitely was a Disney movie because he wasn't joking the way that he would in that he movie would, he yeah. made. How about a uh, Black Knight, uh, where he goes back in time in his Jets jersey? And he fights like in the medieval times. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one, but I've, I've definitely heard of it. It's probably the f- it's, it's it's in the Batman and Robin vein with one of the best stupid movies <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve Zahn. Yeah, it is the guy I'm thinking about. It's the guy from um, Daddy Daycare. Ah, okay. The uh, nerd guy, mm-hmm. white guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude that just rang another bell in my head for a different old comedy called saving silverman holy shit fucking is hilarious. steve's on is yeah uh and then it's it's also got jason biggs and just a few <laughs> other random people jack black just funny as fuck super he's dumb hilarious like honestly he he's really underrated oh dude so fucking funny my last one Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yeah, I, I kind I honestly kind of forgot that one snuck up. I forgot that <laughs> about yeah, that movie. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it'll always be one of my favorites. You know, I mean, Brie Larson, Michael Sarah, fucking uh, 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 Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It's just it's it's stacked. I saw I love something it. about how Brie Larson auditioned for the uh the role that um what's her name got? Yeah, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh huh. Yeah, they uh. Which makes sense. I think that was a good choice. Oh yeah, definitely. They they made the right move there. And the chick who plays uh uh not Brie Larson, the other one. She she plays uh Huntress in Birds of Prey. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. And she saw it in that role as well. But uh Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is just fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I've talked about it so many times on the podcast, I don't really need to talk just about it. It's just a unique ass movie. It's just it's so original. I didn't, I'm I'm kinda disappointed in how long it took me to realize that Lou Uzi bases his based his cover art on Scott Pilgrim. Well, and Little Lucy versus the world. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like I didn't I, I didn't even realize that, that was such a big influence for him. Oh, he fucking loved Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Like the it's and like Scott and Ramona. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a song called Scott and Ramona. Yeah. And I not, I don't know why none of that ever clicked, but he, he like I I can see it. I can see why that would be a Little Lucy movie. Oh, absolutely. Uh I mean, just the video game weirdness. I mean, and I mean, you got Brie Larson and Chris Evans. Think about the sounds of that movie. Like, you got Captain America and Captain Marvel in this movie <laughs> in 2010. Fuck, I forgot. He's bro, fucking uh, Chris Evans has been in so many low key movies. Like he was in. Uh, you remember that? Not another teen movie. I was talking. He's in that. Oh 
Oh my god. Because that was like the guy he played up until Captain America was the douchey guy yeah. who was like that. Yeah. The fucking like, oh, you want to fuck with me, Scott Pilgrim? <laughs> I'll beat your ass. And then he's like, I'm Captain America. Yeah. And then he's then he's just the the noblest hero of them all. And that's how you know they're a great actor. It's true. I'm glad he's getting more expansion into like Knives Out territory and stuff yeah. like that. Because mm-hmm. that character, I haven't even watched the movie, but I can tell his character is cool as hell. It was it was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. <laughs> Shall we move on to the Umbrella Academy? I believe it is time. Next. Segment. So, season two, episode five of the Umbrella Academy, titled Valhalla, which is in Viking mythology, heaven. It's the land of the dead, mm-hmm. which at the end they have their own little Viking funeral. This makes sense. They do. So, I dig that. It was a solid episode. Yeah, it was. It was uh it, it was one of those ones that just had a lot of good sequences, I feel like to it. Like it was just very pleasurable to watch. I I was disappointed when it ended. I was I know, like, I, I was, was like, too. I, I was like, wait, credits? Credits? Oh, damn it. That's Cause a, that's like, upsetting. Even these notes, they're really concise. There's not much to it. It was just <laughs> a pretty quick it felt quick. Like, yeah. it was like, all right, that was that was straight to the point and yeah. it was pretty much all gas. That was a Yeah, good that, was, that was definitely a good one. So we'll do this as usual. I'll go through hitting the high notes. Then we'll do under the umbrella. See what uh, what episode, what part of this episode reminded you of you. You know. All right. So from the beginning, we get a little montage of uh, Pogo. We are introduced to him as a uh, uh, primates of Congo. Mm-hmm. And he was he was he was an OG space monkey. OG space monkey, the first the first ever to hit the skies. Yeah, and some shit went sideways. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, so uh, and he goes down in a fiery crash. And we we see uh, we see you know Reginald Hargraves give his lady friend the serum. They plunge it into his chest. Now Pogo's a real live boy. He's all good. <laughs> He's all good. And then we see him reading. We see Reginald Hargraves reading Latin to Pogo, which at the end of last episode five yelled something in Latin at mm-hmm. Reginald, and I think that's what. That was harkening back to. Yeah. So he reads his children that. Probably, yeah. So that was interesting. I wish I knew see. what it meant. Yeah, and I'm sure we could probably figure it out, but, you know, it's just uh, typing things into Google. Uh, it's bleh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but next we uh, we see Five and Lila and Diego all get together and talk for a second after their whole debacle up there, and Five is like, come around this way. <laughs> you will get clapped, Lila. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I don't I see know you, what I'm you can't compute, but you know this ain't this ain't your language over here. This ain't your, this ain't your squad. He says you you fight like you know what you're doing, and, and that's like, a good I'm point. Concerned. And Diego, and Diego was like, Diego's no, like, he's right. He's, he's got a good point. <laughs> you always seem to do exactly what we need to need you to exactly whenever we need it. Mm-hmm. You have been highly trained. <laughs> something's up. Yeah, so, something is afoot. Something is afoot. Perhaps the game. <laughs> But uh, Diego feels betrayed by Lila, and she had a pretty uh, good out for the end of last episode. Or the end of last episode, where yeah, I mean, five is in a kid's body, you know. Mm-hmm. So she could be like, "Of course, I went and helped the kid, not you, Diego." But yeah, was like, "Come on, man." Yeah, you know what it is. Right, right. We then see uh, Klaus waking up from a <laughs> waking up from a hang from a hangover. <laughs> And uh, Ben asks him, uh, how many times are we going to do this before you actually start to get better? And he's like, I'm thinking of a number between 11 and 25. <laughs> and 
I, I just I love Klaus as long as possible. <laughs> and then Allison's like, "What ghost are you talking to now?" And he seems to be hiding Ben mm-hmm. for some reason. For I don't some... know if he's just fucking with Ben or if he's purposefully. Hiding I don't think ben. he's fucking with ben. like. Well, I don't know. Maybe he is, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. This th- th- there's a couple questions that I still have throughout this season. Yeah, and. uh he tells Allison that she needs to go ahead and uh, drink with him after all that's happened, after the shit that's gone on the last couple of days for her. And uh, she sits next to him, and they go over what's been going on a little bit. And then she takes his flask, throws it away, and is like, We're going to make the good shit. Yeah, I've got a blender and much better booze. <laughs> <laughs> and Klaus is like, I love you so much. <laughs> and Ben's just sitting there like, fuck, nobody is going to help this guy get better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. That's just how it goes with family, especially. Yeah, it's like, well, you're fucked up. Uh, let's Maybe get fucked we up together. Get fucked up. <laughs> um, we then cut to uh, Sissy and Vanya waking up together, which was sweet. I fucking love Sissy and Vanya. Not a great episode for Sissy and Vanya. No, no, not in at fact, all. the worst episode yet for Sissy. Definitely, and Vanya. definitely. But it starts on a high note. I really <laughs> enjoyed the scene with them laying in bed together, and they're talking about running away together, which at the time was really fucking nice. And then later, she's like, "It's just morning time, fucking day, Sissy." <laughs> You're so 1960s. You're so you're so yes. You're, you're just, such a you're well, such a conventional woman. I mean, and that's that's what that's what society well, what's was expected of her. Yeah, that's that's no. all that's all society was for women at that time. It's disappointing. She's just like yo, like why don't you just I mean, do not, what you I'm want? I'm not disappointed in her. Don't get me wrong. I'm disappointed yeah. in what the circumstances in which she feels this way. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's 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 disappointing. <laughs> uh, but then we see Carl came back home early. He's pulling up the driveway while they're in bed together. And I was like, so oh, damn, scramble. this is going to go bad. The entire episode, I was just anticipating Vanya killing Carl. Oh, yeah, me and too. And do you think that happens at some point this season? I, I don't know, because I don't think she has that capacity right now. But See, that's the thing. She never really did. It was when she lost control. Yeah. I was afraid multiple times this episode she was going to lose it and just be like, and just like snap his neck. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm still interested to see. I would, it would kind of suck, though, if that's how they go about the end of the world again, is that Vanya loses control. Cause yeah, it's like, I damn, wouldn't want that. She's I, always got to She's always gotta fuck it up, huh? That's just, And that's just not good character development. Yeah, right. Like she, I, I'd imagine it, that's where they're going to guide us, but it's kind of a red herring. Mm-hmm. And something else happens, and she actually ends up being like the one to stop it. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet. Just because this seems, this seems like more like that type of show. Mm-hmm. But you never know. It might just fuck with us and be like, nah, Vanya did it again. <laughs> uh, but then after that, we cut to Luther, Diego, and Five all having it out for a second. Like, we, you fucked up. Oh, you fucked up. But you also fucked up. We all so fucked up. we all fucked up. And we're all stuck here, and the world's going to end. And in this conversation, Luther decides to tell them, hey, I've already seen Dad. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're just now saying this? He took a nice long bus ride back home to Reginald Hargraves, and... uh <laughs> He plans to tell him he's his son. I know this sounds crazy, but I'm your I'm son. Your son. He tells a very powerful man that he knows everything about him. Mm-hmm. Which he definitely doesn't. And it's like, even so, it's like, dude, it, do you know how absurd it sounds? Yeah. Like, if you show up and go, I know you, everything about you to a guy like Reginald Hargraves, he has you fucking whacked. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's just no. how that works. Straight up, yeah. He would he would be he would be the type to just be like, well, how the fuck did you find that out? And Luther's <laughs> just the type to not think shit like that through. Yeah, 
And then his dad absolutely shits on him. He's yeah. like, yo, I would never have kids. <laughs> and plus, look at you. Why would I ever have you as a kid? And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Oh, that man. was brutal. Why wouldn't he just be like, you're an alien? <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I think that's a good example of something he doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know everything about his dad. <sighs> Wait, do the kids not know that? I don't think so. I think How they do just we think he's that? an eccentric billionaire. How do we know that? Comic books. For real? Yeah. They never say that in the show. Seriously? Yeah. He might not even actually be an alien in the show. He might just be an eccentric billionaire in the show, but oh, I like shit. the theory that he's an alien. I always just treated it as that was it. Like he was, in, that's how he could do all the amazing shit. I don't know. Huh, interesting. I wonder if they'll yeah, explain that maybe this season. I got a, we got a really good quote during the scene where uh, Luther goes, "At least he didn't shank my ass." And Diego <laughs> goes, "Nah, bro, he shanked your heart. He shanked your heart." <laughs> <laughs> but this is when they decide, "Yo, in episode five here, let's get the Umbrella Academy back." Yeah, right. And I was like, finally. And then we get Luther with his, I can handle it. He stuffs his face with stuffs eggs. Stuffs his face with eggs. meeting Allison. <laughs> Again. That man had to cook like 12 eggs. Like that was oh, dude. ridiculous. And then uh, our next scene, we're back at the, the farm with Sissy and Vanya. But uh, Carl is being a complete douchebag, as per usual. And uh, he's coming on to Sissy a little too strong. Very, very 1960s husband-esque. Yeah. And, uh, or, I mean, sadly enough, not just 1960s husband ask. Yeah. Uh, and he, it's, it's not rubbing Vanya the right way. She's like, you know what? I might fuck this dude up because <laughs> Sissy's really not into this. And she keeps saying that. Yeah. I'm beat his ass. And I was like, fuck yeah, Vanya. Fuck his fuck shit up. Yeah. The, uh, the operation buzzer is going off real loud because Harlan's playing it. And then mm-hmm. she gets so overwhelmed. She just breaks and she snaps. She like cracks the glass. And they're like, oh, shit. They're like, oh, shit, what the fuck was that? And Harlan, what what was going on here? Harlan seemed know. to know what the fuck was going yeah, on. He, he grabbed her hand and was like, yo. Was it just like a I'm here for you because you've been here for me sort of thing? Or do you think there's something there? I don't know. I don't, like honestly, with, like, I'm not, like, I'm not like, sure if they meant it. Like, sort of, is just he, he kind of picks up on weird emotional cues and, like, but uh, yeah, I'm not sure what they what they want there. He was a, he was aware of something though. He noticed something happened, for sure. We uh, next go to Lila and the handler, and they have a nice little discussion about how Lila has been kicked out of the family, and uh, and uh, she feels like she's being shortchanged by her mom. Like, what the fuck's going on? You're not telling me shit. And, <laughs> and she's like, straight up, bro. If I was gonna tell you shit, I'd tell you shit. But guess what? Shit's working just fine, and I ain't telling you shit. I ain't so, telling you shit. So I'm gonna keep not telling you shit. God, she is not a nice person. Not really. And then she's like, "Okay, Lila, did you get the knife for me?" So she got Diego's knife. This comes back into play later in a big way that uh, could go very easily overlooked if you're not thinking about it. Yes. And uh, hand in this scene, we learn that Handler's not working within the commission at all anymore. She's doing something on her own. But we still don't know exactly what it is. Yeah. We just know it's not with the commission. They're always very ambiguous about her motives. Yeah. And I kind of like that. I like the mystery surrounding her. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to what, what's to come. Uh, we next go to the family meeting where Vanya has just shown up. And I think we're to assume five just went and picked her up and then brought her back. And that was that. Uh, <laughs> Diego asks her, where would you say you are on a scale of one to ending all life on the planet? 
because she's not in a good place. She's like, guys. She's not in a good place at the moment. And Vanya handles everything so chill until, yeah. like, till shit gets. Until she. Till she, she gets. Till she, you know, till she yeah. can't hold everything down Blows anymore. Blows gasket. Yeah. Yeah. They mentioned that multiple times in this episode. Yeah. Um, And then Allison and Klaus show up all fucked up. Because <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And, uh. Klaus walks in. I don't know if this is possible, but did we all get sexier? Did we all get sexier? I mean, he's just a legend. And then Klaus joins on that hug between Allison and Vanya when they meet for the very first time. For Vanya, you know. Mm -hmm. Then uh, Handler and Lila pay the Ikea Mafia a visit. Uh, Give them the coordinates for Diego, as far as they are concerned. We next cut back to the uh, meeting of the family. And I really like having them all together. We don't yeah. get to have them together very often, so it's nice to have them all in the same place. Yeah, they never they never start out together. They're always estranged. Mm-hmm. Diego proposes the idea that they kill their dad. <laughs> 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 to which everyone's like, what the fuck, Diego? That is an, that is an answer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, Diego is so set on saving JFK. Oh yeah, like, I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah, I mean, I agree, but like, it's the, it's the way the history went, and them trying to change things is probably what causes the end of the world. So if you know you made it to 2019 and JFK was killed, it's Fair. probably not the best idea to save him if the world ends in six days and you don't know what happens after that. You know? Yeah. Fair. Fair. Like I it's mean... just just the odds here. <laughs> I'm just playing the odds. But it's JFK. I'm going to save him. You know? <laughs> I'm going to save him if I have the means. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, they're all really not set on going until Five's like, okay, guys, I saw you all die. I saw the shit happen. I really have tried to block it out, but guess what? It fucking happened. I have to deal with it. Yep. And uh, they finally are like, okay, I'll, I'll give you a little bit. I'll give you a little bit. But Luther is... Uh, Luther's being a bitch, as per usual. And as like, per no, usual. No, I'm out. It sounds like you ask, you're asking Daddy to come save you again for a. And I was like, wait a second, how'd you get that out of that? <laughs> They're the ones saving things. They yeah, just need, like your dad's at the center of this shit, Luther. Yeah, like they need he, to. Just because you don't want to face your dad doesn't mean you. You can't. You like have yeah, to. Yeah, this is, exactly. This is part of it. He's like, no one's going anywhere. And then we see Lila's there. She just like shows up. I was like. Yeah, I don't know. That was really random. After Luther throws five off the it stairs. It seems like he, that would have been for some reason to distract him from the group for some reason. Yeah, I just... I I, I guess we'll see because the episode ends with yeah him and the handler being together. Oh, well, yeah, I guess it was probably to lure him to talk to the handler, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet that's what it was. Uh, but then uh, Vanya, Allison, and Klaus decide, you know what? Let's go get some tacos because are tacos really going to cause the end of the world? And Klaus is like, could they? one way to find out. They could. They could. You never know. The Mexican Armada. It comes down. <laughs> they shoot with their tomato weapons. <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, next we see uh, Luther and Diego taking a walk and uh, – they're arguing about their dad because they both have very interesting relationships with their parents more so than the mm-hmm. rest of the group, I'd say. And, uh, because Diego was like in love with their mom, not in love with their mom, but love was a fucking mama's boy. Yeah. As most children are. But, uh, Luther was always seeking their father's approval. 
and Diego from a very early age despised their dad. Yeah. He never liked their dad. <laughs> It's like, so hence his proposal to murder their father in the yeah. 1960s. Yeah. He's like, well, you just get it over with. I mean, we're alive now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need him anymore, do we? Uh, and then that, that weird long black car pulls up. And it's that weird looking dude who's fucking creepy to look at. Yeah, weird and Reginald looking. has invited them to dinner. Those that uh, are after him. Quote. Uh, it's to interesting. To my pursuers. To my pursuers, yes. Very 1960s. Indeed. Uh, then we're with uh, Allison, Vanya, and Klaus in the barbershop, or in the salon, and <laughs> Klaus is like, wouldn't it be weird if five grew up all hot? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, ew, we're brother and sister. And Klaus is like, oh, really, Allison? <laughs> oh, really? I remember you and Luther all <laughs> making eyes at each other at breakfast all through puberty. And <laughs> they, they can never live that down. Oh, no, why would they? And Klaus makes a very good point. He says, uh, <laughs> if you have to use the word technically, then you're already in trouble. And that's that's true. That's usually just a rule of thumb. And they're still getting fucking loaded. They're still all drinking in this salon, which yeah. is just hilarious. They just keep getting more and more fucked up. And they start talking about all their different relationships and how shitty they're going and stuff. And how Klaus is holding on to a love from the future who just, beat, who just punched him in the face. <laughs> Sissy is married <laughs> and Allison's <laughs> husband is fighting with her while her ex-boyfriend or her ex-love of her life her brother <laughs> is, is <laughs> fucking crushed so and he's like the the healthiest long-term relationship in this family is when five was banging that mannequin <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a that was a pretty so loving and supportive relationship for the I most mean, part it, it, and can you deny it because Vanya's ex-boyfriend's a serial killer, like Klaus points out. And they yeah. just breeze right past him. Vanya's like, wait a minute. What the yeah. fuck? She's like, what the f- Who was I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was going on? It's like, yeah, we're asking the same question. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, it really might be the most healthy relationship in the entire family. Yeah. Five in that mannequin. Uh, and then they have their, their whole dance montage, like in <laughs> season one. And I was really happy to see that. But uh, the next c- thing we cut to is the uh, Ikea Mafia marching through the woods. And, uh, Ikea Mafia. They stumble upon Diego's knife, which Handler and Lila got a hold of earlier. Yes. And on his way to check out said knife, one of the uh, Ikea Mafia accidentally sets off a tripwire and explodes. Explodes. Like, Literally. Blows the fuck up. You watch him explode. There's a foot left. And at this point, it was a little unclear what the motives were here. We were like, oh, damn. Okay. But by the end of the episode... We understand it's probably to make them angry to go after Diego. Yeah. They're just, just like, kill someone. Like, <laughs> kill Diego. Fuck Yeah, they're you know? just like, like just, get, just get him. Just get mad, get him. So, like, why Diego? I don't know. I think they're they're afraid of Diego, honestly. Like, Diego has Diego has the most drive to... Yeah. Maybe maybe there's something more to this JFK thing than I'm, than I'm giving him stock for. Cause maybe. Like, it seems like they're in opposition of Diego. Yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. Uh, but then we cut back to Lila trying to sneak around and Five following her. And uh, they come face to face. Lila's like, yo, you talked all that shit. What's it about? Come here. Kill <laughs> me, man, about? bitch. And then Five transports or teleports and tries to get on her. But she's been trained for that shit. She was ready. <laughs> she kicked him in the face. I was like, oh, damn. But then, you know, 
They fight for a while. They fight. The yeah. bad guy remix in the background kind of bangs, uh-huh. as per usual. And uh, during the scene, uh, what is Lila capable of? I, Why, I, when yeah, five no teleports, idea. can she be across the room? Apparently, within a he second? figured it out because the, she, the handler, mentions that, like, "Yo, you figured it out." But I was just like, "I, I didn't. I don't know I didn't. what the fuck was going on." She was just appearing in different places, but I don't think she was teleporting or anything. I don't think she was physically. It didn't seem like she was physically moving. Like the way that the camera was was cutting was weird, but I was just like, it seems like it, there's some sort of illusion happening. I don't know what was going on. Yeah. And he says she fights just like all your other commission. Right. But I don't but remember every, the commission every, doing that. Me either. But if he's calling her simply average, you know, it can't have been something super complex or super skill oriented. Yeah, she was like, you're better than anticipated. And he's like, you're entirely average. <laughs> yeah. It's like, damn. Like, God damn, man. Okay. I was like, I thought you were having trouble for a second. There. I, I guess not. It looked like you were kind of having a good fight. <laughs> We then next see uh, Vanya go back out to the farm with Sissy, and she's all uh, drunk and shit, which she's all drunk. She's going to confess her love, you know? Yeah. She was, uh, she, you know, she's she's drunk. She's that, drunk. that happens. Yeah. She's like, but Sissy, we could run away together. We could be together now. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> uh, but Carl wakes up, and he's a complete fucking dog. Just a pig. Just yeah. the worst. Yeah. And, uh. He comes up, and I was like, Vanya, just kill this man right here, bro. God damn. What I did mean, Carl ever do? No, <laughs> no I mean, like. He's done a lot. I mean, he's he's the worst, but, I mean, yeah. killing him is extreme. Don't get me wrong. Just, don't, don't kill people. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good rule of thumb, and I doubt that would look good to Sissy. You know? Fair, fair, <laughs> She fair. was just like, you know what? I, I'm going to murder your husband. Real I'm going to off him real quick. Yeah. But, yeah, and Sissy tells her, you know, you can't understand the pressures I'm under, which she can't. But yeah, I mean it's the it's the societal pressure. She's got to be the good the good wife. Yeah, you know? and I mean she wants to keep her father there or his her son's father there. Yeah. Um, but, but what good is he? She her much. son would be better off not with much. Vanya and Sissy as parents. Not much. Just good. off top. That's that's basic. And then Vani's like, we have six days. And she's like, till what? I can't explain. Like, I bro, can't you can't explain. just say six days to somebody. Yeah, I know. That's horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> just call somebody be like, six days. Hang up. They're going to be like, wait, wait a fucking minute. <laughs> you can't just do that shit. And then Vanya stomps off, and it's it, it doesn't look good for the world. No. no <laughs> it doesn't. For the, wor- for the world's in danger now. Then we see uh, the Viking funeral that the Ikea Mafia is having for mm-hmm. their homie. And uh, it makes the we see one of them scream. And it's like, ah, okay. <laughs> they're angry. They're angry. They're motivated to kill this motherfucker. Yeah, they're I ready. Now. Then we see Klaus faces Colt. And we end the episode with Allison finally getting ready to tell Ray everything, as she says. About fucking time. About time, definitely. That's all you got to do. It was a good-ass moment. It was a good-ass episode. Good it was ass episode. action-packed. A lot of uh, a lot of progress made in this one. Where do you fall under the umbrella? Where uh, where in this episode did you see yourself a little bit? Um, definitely in um, Klaus's persuasion for Allison to get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a strong one. That was a, that was a strong one. Yeah, I, yeah. I I think when's a better time. <laughs> yeah, when's the better time? And. 
I I have to go with Luther in this episode, and I never want to be like Luther, but <laughs> Luther in this episode where Diego's like, are you sure you can handle seeing Allison again? And he's like, I can handle it. And then he keeps stuffing his face. <laughs> I, can <handle> <laughs> I can handle it. That one hit me. I was like, you know, that's a little bit too, that's, that's a little too me. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> I can handle it. But yeah, it was another great, great episode of the Umbrella Academy. We will be doing another one of these next week. Along with uh, Batman Begins. Batman Begins. We'll always do that one little random segment in the middle. You never know what's going to come. You never there. know. We'll, we'll, we'll just do something. You never we'll know. do something. You never know. Uh, but next week, Batman Begins and The Umbrella Academy, Season 2, Episode 6. I have been Colton Robertson, joined by none other than the magnificent Tavares Pennington. Oh, thanks. Of course, man. Of course. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter, at PennyBloomPod. Like, rate, and review. Share this podcast with your friends. We we would like to grow as a podcast. That's that's one of our that's one of our goals here. Usually the goal. It's usually the goal of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't like it, you probably didn't make it this far. But uh, don't don't bother leaving a review if you didn't like it. Just, if you don't have not, you don't have, you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're five. Then yeah. Say all the shit. Yeah. Praise Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Peace, love, and blow. Adios.